We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week, we'll be discussing professional esports organizations. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, but all of our information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Skylar Johnson. Skylar is an esports veteran and the founder of esports org Team Envious, later renamed Team Envy. He's also the co-founder of Control, a meal replacement company, the founder of Paper Crowns, a creative marketing agency. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, man. Super excited. And that was the best intro I think I've ever heard anyone do, just so you know. Well, you know, that that's what I do. It's quick, succinct. <laughs> we hit the highs, we hit the lows, and we keep it moving. Yes, sir. I love it. Um, so, yeah. So, now we're going to explore, you know, esports teams. And, you know, as we've talked about prior, esports organizations sign gamers for tournaments and leagues to compete under their team. They make money from a variety of ways, including percentages of tournament winnings, physical and digital in-game merchandise, live streaming and content ad revenue and also sponsorship and brand partnerships. Another important thing that teams may look at when they're forming, especially early on, is the use of a business entity, such as a corporation or LLC. I mean, these entities provide the owner with a lot of different unique benefits, including protecting their personal assets, you know, houses, cars, stocks, jewelry, you know, anything of value that they have in their name. And it also makes it easy for co-owners where, you know, if you have a written agreement, which is called an operating agreement 
for an LLC or a shareholder agreement for a corporation, which really outlines each party's rights and their ownership interests. And one of the biggest values is that it lets you open a corporate bank account so you can obtain a tax ID and EIN, which is known as an employment identification number. So it's also really useful for managing any of your team's IP assets, such as trademarks in the names, copyrights in your logos, photos and videos, and also for any tangible property, such as, you know, computer or streaming equipment, whether you're leasing or buying it, you know, training facilities or apartments for any players. And one thing that's really come in handy is that it really allows for an easy transfer of any of the team's assets. So if you're going to get a third-party investment in a team, or if you're going to sell or trade or get rid of a player, or if you're going to sell or transfer rights to a spot or a slot, having an entity is really valuable. So now we know a little bit more about how teams can operate. Tell us a little about your past esports experience. Yeah, so um, I guess mine started randomly, 2007. Um, late 2007, I picked up uh, Call of Duty. First time really trying to get into video games. A lot of people know my past of uh, kind of suffered a career ending or just college ending football injury. And I picked up Call of Duty 4. One of my friends told me there was a thing called Major League Gaming that you could compete in. Uh, I found a website called Game Battles. Um, that was uh, probably the turning point for me because it let me still have a competitive outlet and a future towards doing something competitively. So founded a team called Envy. A lot of people also don't know that originally that team name was Flatline. Um, started going through my iPod and found a song that was Envy Us, uh, spelled the traditional way, switched it up to Envy Us, and the rest was kind of history. Um, through that, developed kind of a, a team of four individuals, and we're still the only team to, I think, stick together for a full year. Obviously, that's going to change with the whole franchise system. But we stuck together for the full year back then. Uh, we placed second in the national championship. And then um, what, two years later in 2010, um, we actually won a national championship. And yeah, then through that, uh, I think my esports career went on to about 2013, 2014. And then I kind of stepped away, retired, and took more of a silent partner role in NB. So kind of what was the initial vision for the team when you guys formed it? Uh, when uh, the initial vision was just when so we could pay some bills. Uh, none of us had jobs. So back then we actually had a team house. A lot of people don't know. We took it really serious first, uh, probably before any other team uh, in terms of the Call of Duty scene. There wasn't really anyone else that was in a team house. So we automatically had an advantage. Not all of our members lived there. Um, three or four of our members lived there, though. And it really helped us uh, just establish initial communication, uh, kind of just work together as a team and then start that bonding process early. So. I would say when was the, the vision? And that honestly was just to pay bills. We used to hit up MLG on the side and game battles on the side after we would win tournaments just to pay the rent. Um, I know it's a classic story. People talk about their struggles. But for us, it was if we would compete. If you go back and look at our game battles profiles, we would compete in every tournament. There could be like a hardcore search and destroy or a, a team deathmatch on bog or whatever it was just to win 200, 300 to gather up as much cash as we could. And that was it. So it, it was definitely the vision was to win, be successful. And that's how we kind of just started growing our name was just by winning. Well, yeah, I mean, it just sounds like you're just rounding up on the scene. Like we're just going to compete in everything and just win because at the end of the day, there is a vision here. And, you know, I think something that you touched on is, you know, the competitive nature of this. So how did it really grow to where you kind of where you look at Envy and it's like one of these major organizations? What was that turning point? 
So we we lived by the the statement of just play as much as we can to get as good as we can. But doing that, we also competed in so many tournaments that it was impossible for us not to get known. So we weren't placing outside of the top four in anything that we we played in. Like the first PCL in 2008, Pro Circuit Ladder, um, we got third. Second one, we got fourth. Third one, we won. And second, national champs. So, like, that whole season of my first career was we didn't really place outside top four. And that kind of established Envy as um, we, we were known as an annoying team because we wouldn't let a lot of the pro teams scrim us. We were so strap focused. We'd focus on our strategies and, and all that nonsense to where we, we would go into a game fresh against a pro team and they just wouldn't know how we would play. And we were really nerdy at the time, you know, like we would throw smokes um, to cross a bridge, circle back around. You know, there, there's a lot of strats that we had. And I think that's how, how we kind of grew is just by playing as much as we could. And then we were active on not only the competitive front, but also on the, the front facing items like game battles. Uh, game battles have these ladders and we always wanted to be in the top like one. <laughs> I was saying, just be, be in the top three, essentially, of these game battles ladders. Uh, and those were really just for nothing. Like you played to be in a uh, like a playoffs at the end of it. Not a lot of people would do it. Then they started adding some cash to it and it got more serious. Um, but yeah, I would say it, it grew just by winning. And then we brought in Hastro, who helped me kind of get it to the next level via sponsorships. And we took on a, a good sponsorship with a couple of headset companies, um, Gunner Optics and all of the companies that were actually actively engaged back then. So we were kind of playing that influencer role early for these companies. OK, so it definitely seems like you kind of saw early on that this was going to be bigger than maybe a lot of other people who were just competing just to be there. I think we didn't actually see it. We just wanted it to be, you know, like we we wanted it to be something where we could be these guys that were, um, <laughs> you know, making a living from playing playing video games and being competitive. Because when you're a pro in this scene, you get lost in it. It's not just a game where you get on. And I think that's where the disconnect comes from a kind of like a lifestyle versus just getting on to, to, to play casual games. Um, yeah, but we wanted it to be something that it is today. And it's cool to say that we were pioneers, if, if I could say that in a non-arrogant way, and just say, like, uh, we were kind of here first to, to help build that pathway. Yeah, I mean, as someone who definitely wasn't there at the beginning, but who's been involved in the entertainment world, you know, my whole life, I would say, it's interesting that, like, yeah, you saw that this was going to be a lane, and it offered you the competitive edge, and you realize, okay, well, we have to compete in all these tournaments, and if we do well, it'll give us exposure, and then the next level is, okay, so how do we leverage these brands that are involved? And, you know, it's interesting that you were able to kind of translate that into, you know, sponsorship. And, you know, more recently in the last few years, they actually received like, you know, a very large outside investment. What was that like to kind of see something that you were, you know, struggling in this gaming house and now it's, you know, funded by major multimillionaires? Insane, man. Um, every day I think about Envy and kind of just like sketching up the team logo that is still today in my mother's basement, you know, like uh, just kind of looking back at seeing that type of money being funneled in, seeing this space grow to something that we never knew. And I've seen a lot of people come and go. A lot of people I used to play with in 2008 through 2013 aren't here anymore, right? Like they don't have their team around and they put just as much work in, um, but they just didn't make the right moves. They didn't grow. They didn't transition right. And that's kind of a shame. Um, but it's, it's humbling every day to see a team that we created now turned into this franchise model with three different teams across the board and still expanding, right? To this day, it's got good leadership. Um, I'm still dabbling my involvement over there as well. And just love it. Um, very humbling, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's an amazing thing that 
like you said, something you create in your basement and now it's like flashed across TV and on ESPN and, you know, across major outlets across the world. Right. Yeah. I, I still don't believe it sometimes, man. Like I'll, I'll be in conversation and just go, yeah, that, that is the team or someone will text me or send me a screenshot on my phone of, of uh, just taking a picture of, I guess, an ESPN or, or watching Overwatch League or CDL. And, you know, it's, it's cool that the Envy brand still lives on, uh, not only through Envy itself, but also like Dallas Fuel, Dallas Empire, et cetera. Yeah. So, you know, for some of the team people that are kind of starting up their team, what are some typical economic issues that you kind of encountered and, you know, how'd you kind of work through those? Um, capitalize what you're going into, right? Like now Call of Duty is such a hard platform to get into uh, from a franchise perspective because people aren't walking around with that type of money. But um, I would say capitalize on everything that you're trying to do from the branding perspective. If you're, you're paying money to have your brand built, then you need to make sure that you're, you're set on that brand, you're set on that name, um, you're set on kind of the identity that you form. Uh, don't burn any bridges. That's a big one. Try to, try to stay level-headed. And the biggest thing is just be hungry. A lot of people know this space doesn't sleep. Uh, this space is 24-7. And it's one of those things where I've seen players come out of nowhere just catching a break uh, just from being good one tournament or doing something that's iconic. There's been so many iconic moments in the space uh, from pro players to um, even like the, the amateur players that you would see just go off at an event to get their, their come up. But the biggest thing is just stay consistent and stay at it. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to esports to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChute.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. BlueChew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, B-L-U-E-CHEW.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. You know, I think something that you touched on and something I've discussed prior is you know, industries like, you know, sports, music, esports, it's, you know, a very small club. And as you get higher and higher ups, everyone knows each other and, you know, your reputation and what people think of you and how you operate is going to matter and will have lasting effect. Yeah, agree. hundred percent. So, um, you know, what are some other kind of problems that some team owners are facing? You know, obviously we see all these large investments, but it doesn't really seem that everyone is making as much money as these investments make it seem like. Yeah. I mean, that, that to me is a huge issue in this space. And I would love to see more, more people 
not pretend like they know everything, right? I think there's a lot of that happening. And I'm pretty pretty vocal about uh, pretenders in this space. And a lot of people just want to get a job and they want to be in this space, but they may not be the best person for that job. Um, and I think it, it's, let's say you take on a lot of money and you have all this money to do marketing spend with, but you don't know how to authentically tell the story. Like, then that's a big problem. And if you're not utilizing players' past stories, uh, because when you think about it, Franchise League killed all, all of um, those stories. It killed the past of COD. And I'm using COD specific now. Um, but I, I think you have to be able to tap into that. You have to be able to then obviously push forward. What, what's the future look like? How are we going to do things that are unique to the space? How are we not going to be just like everyone else telling the same story, doing the same things? Um, I don't think that... When this league was formatted, there was a lot of um, marketing uh, efforts put in towards it. Um, and that, that stems all the way to CDL, all the way down. And I think it was a rush. And, and I, I get it, right? Like, I completely understand. I just would like to see uh, almost like a, a, a book of um, some type of like brand book for CDL that, that's passed down to these teams. that says, hey, here's the different marketing efforts. Here's how you could do it. Here's how you can capitalize on some emails, hit e-blast, build a customer database. Like I like to run an esports franchise no different than an e-com business, right? Because essentially you're, you're going to be trying to, to push the same type of products, uh, whether it's merch or unique one-offs, you know, and that, that's what I'd like to see more. Uh, is is people treating this thing like it's an e-com business. And that, that, I think that would go a, a lot farther than treating it as if you're just a team. Um, I would like to see some of the consulting that's happening uh, lead to more ROI and not just ideas that are lost in the wind. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things. I feel I can go on for that, that question for a while. Uh, but that really good question nonetheless. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that you have a lot of great points on that. And something that kind of leads into the next part is, you also created this agency paper crown. So, you know, give us a little bit of background on that. What you got, what are you doing over there? That is uh, just so much fun, man. <laughs> paper crowns is a team of individual creatives that in my opinion are, I'm very biased, the best in the world. Um, and I say that from a humbling standpoint still, because it's, I, I know that there's a lot of great creatives out there in the world and we're constantly expanding. Um, but it's, it, Paper Crowns was developed because when my career ended, I needed something else to do. So I went to an energy drink company inside the space and I started rounding up a team. Some of my, my team was making $50 a month, um, $100, $150. It wasn't a lot because the budget wasn't big. The space was, wasn't really proven yet. So I had to work with what I was given. Um, but they stuck with me when I left that company and we started developing just brands. In fact, we're still developing some pretty big brands now, just signed a couple of big deals recently. And we've been white labeling services for companies in the space for a long time. Um, and that's from everything across the board, right? From web dev to, to content, photography, video, studio, uh, just literally anything and everything. I think brand building has become our specialty, but we'll, we'll handle a couple of Twitch packs here and there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, checking out some of your work and it really seems like, you guys have created this, you know, creative agency that is looking to be authentic and coming from this space, you truly understand how to activate on the fans. And, you know, that's one of the things that really interests me about esports in the gaming space was how you have to be so authentic and you have to put out products and activations and whatever kind of content you put out, it has to be real. You can't just have a guy holding a product like, Oh, I love this drink. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that doesn't work. That was from yeah. a long, long time ago. And anyone in the space will see right through it. Yeah. Where, the, 
Oh, sorry. The, the hashtag ad kind of took over, right? Like where it's the the classic, like, Hey, I, I really love this product. Hashtag partner, hashtag ad. Um, and I understand FTC has their, their guidelines and things like that, but I agree with you. It's, it's so outdated. Um, and I think being authentic over corporate is a slogan that we tend to live by. So, you know, what are some unique projects that really, you know, stuck out to you past projects that you had worked on with the company? Oh man, there's so many going on right now. I can't wait for this month. We have so we have a bunch of activations that we're handling. We're building a brand for one of the biggest YouTubers in, in I guess, the world currently. Uh, which can't wait to talk about that one. That one. So what does that mean when you're building a brand for a streamer or a gamer or a team? You know, what does yeah. that entail? Yeah, so there's like different levels, right? So um, if if someone comes to us, let's say it's just a streamer, YouTuber, et cetera, and they just want to build an identity for themselves, you know, that could stem from um, just a logo concept to uh, actually like a full brand identity package where it's like putting together a brand guideline, uh, putting a, a brand book together for that person. How will that 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 logo live on merch? How would that uh, work in basically ad campaigns, et cetera? Um, but then now there's actually building brands, right? And that's like when these influencers are starting to realize that they're in a way different position, they can actually build powerful products, right? So we, we're building product ranges for certain influencers and and different companies that that extend way past someone just saying, hey, I'm so-and-so, um, this, is, this is what I do. It's now, hey, I'm so-and-so, this is what I do. And now I'm coming out with my own product. And that's when it gets interesting and exciting because I think that world is still yet to be really attacked. And when that happens, we want to be at the forefront, which it is, of just building the, these products. And whether we get the credit or not, you know, that's not really kind of why we're in it. We, we really just want to build powerful brands that have the ability to live or products that have the ability to live outside of esports and outside of gaming to where we can say and be proud of, hey, that came from our space. And that's a collective community thing. But now it's living in that real world and it's, it's flourishing and it's, it's doing really well, right? I think that's, that's our big motive behind that one. Yeah, and I think it's nice that, you know, you're letting the brand shine. It's not about having your portfolio of everyone you're working with and, you know, taking the shine away from them. And I think there's always something mysterious about, you know, a creative agency or talent agencies that like, they just have this page, but there's no info on who they are, their clients or anything. It's like, you'll know when you need to know. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think, how it should be, right? I, I think there's a time and a place. Um, we like to let the brand or product or whatever it is live by itself for a little bit. And then we, we're no different. You know, we, we do like to take some credit post, like after it's had its own time to breathe. And that's only to say, hey, look at what we've done so you can have trust in us for the future, right? Um, I think if you try to go at it from a different perspective of, hey, look at what we built while they're announcing what they built or what they're announcing, it's kind of just you're doing it for the wrong reasons at that point. You know, it's prideful versus um, time and place, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, you also founded, you know, Control Meal Replacement. So tell us a little bit about that product. Um, I'm going to send you some right after this, this podcast, <laughs> but, um, that product is fun. That is, uh, that's a meal replacement that something in the space, the story behind that is, uh, I was approached by Sundance, D Giovanni, um, founder of MLG and kind of someone I look up to a lot, business partner now. Um, and he said he wanted to get in the energy drink space or something like that. And I said, you know, I, I just don't want to get in that. It's not for me. Uh, I've been in that space a long time, but I do have an idea and control is born. Control obviously stems from the keyboard, right? You have control on your keyboard. However, you, it stands for catered to real life. So we wanted to throw in subliminal early on that. Um, just to say, yeah, it started in the gaming space, but yet again, we want this thing to be a real life brand, like someone for 
any anyone can use it. And I think gaming, especially and content creating and just doing these things that require a sedentary lifestyle, there's so many obstacles that people aren't realizing. Like how many how many times during this pandemic are people ordering from these food service delivery apps just because it's more convenient? How many how much money is actually being spent on that versus now you have a product as a meal replacement, right? So we we classify that and we, we took a lot of time to really put ingredients in that. So like probiotics, prebiotics, digestive enzymes, MCTs. It's not just like a protein shake, you know, it's got its proteins, carbs. It it lives as a meal replacement. And when we made sure that we went into it, we're not a sports nutrition or sports supplement brand. We're not even classified as that. So we, we want to kind of um, not lead the forefront. There's other companies that are doing that. Um, I don't think that they do it the same way we do. Uh, we did add two grams of added sugar, but that comes from real cereal pieces. So, you know, we're not trying to make a product where people are going on a stage competing to be a bodybuilder or um, competing to be a, a physique athlete. We're creating a product that is sustainable for a, a solid future, keeps you in a healthy category. Um, and it's got a bunch of good stuff that, that really can, can live in the real world, not only just while you're gaming, but also something that Sundance was proud to give to his kids. He said his, his kid, one of his three kids drinks it every day. The others drink it at least once every other day. So that was a big deal for him. And even bigger for me is just taking pride in, uh, what we're offering for the community as, um, as kind of this first product run being very valuable. Right. And that, that's what means the most is people are accepting it way bigger and way faster than I thought they would. So it's like instead of having, you know, breakfast like this, is you would just drink one of these shakes. Yeah, two scoops, uh, 280 calories if it's just with water. And I think there's something to be said about making a product where you don't need another product, right? Like I hate if I have to buy something, I then need to go buy milk. With this, we, we made it formulated to where it tastes great with water. I use ice cold water every morning. But then if I want it to have more calories and up it to 400 calories, then I add some milk. Right. And then you can go skim milk, almond milk, um, whatever you want with it. We even have some teammates that mix it with their coffee in the morning. So you're getting your coffee plus your meal replacement. And it's it's just something that I think is needed. Right. As much as a bias as I have towards it, whether I made this product or not, um, I, I think I, I would buy it regardless from anyone. Um, and that's yeah, truth. I think that's why it was aggressive at, at making sure that this was the one we came out with. So what's so unique from the product that kind of sets it apart from others in the space? That's what, what is cool to talk about. Um, so th there's a couple competitors we have. One is European based called, uh, I don't even want to start shouting out other companies names, but yeah, exactly. this is yeah. all about control. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Um, but th there's some competitors that they focus so much on making it perfect and making the, uh, the flavor profiles they suffered because they weren't putting in like, for example, they don't have the two grams of added sugar. Right. Um, and, that that for us is made by real cereal pieces so it tastes like the bottom of a cereal bowl legit like any person that we've had we've we've counted actually we've had 147 reviews come in um that are video based and they're all the same we've come out with these like community-based uh, montages of people trying it for the first time so not only are you getting that bottom of the bowl guaranteed taste you're getting um it, for me it's about two and a half hours of um of appetite suppressant, right? But everyone's different for that. I don't want to promise that on anything. But I think our, our biggest thing is the formula. We took the time to add the things that others didn't. So like, I don't know personally, and I look at the competitors often, um, they didn't add the digestive enzymes, the probiotics, prebiotics, those type of things. Um, obviously, certain ones have different ones, but none of them took in that, that drove up the product cost, right? So I'm not sitting here saying that it was the smartest business move, because we, we make less on a margin. But if we were in this straight for the money, then I think it'd be a different story, right? We would come out with a different product. Um, so I had to battle against one of my business partners in that regard. Um, but it's all it's all fun. And I, I think uh, when you're building a business, you live and learn. But as long as we're just coming out with something genuine people can attach to, then I don't see how this can't be uh, successful.
Yeah, and you know the flavors that you guys offer are extremely unique. So, you know, tell us a little about them. Uh, flavor profiling is big from any company I've been a part of. Um, I think the trend of cereal pieces or, or cereal in proteins and meal replacements is starting to boom a little bit more than it was. Um, we were originally supposed to come out with the product in July of last year. We dropped it in October. So the more and more I see it, just more people hopping on the cereal train. However, they're traditionally proteins that are doing that. In fact, I've never seen a meal replacement do that. Um, but what's cool about this line is we have the ability to expand into everything, right? So we have this ownership of a breakfast category. Um, we have the expansion that's going to go into kind of, well, I don't want to give it all away yet, but we well, have tell a, cool us a little bit about that. What's the future of the brand? Got it. That's, that's fun. Okay. So future of the brand I'd say is we have sample packs dropping on the 15th, um, 15 to 18th of this month. Nobody knows that. Um, just kind of drop that on here. So those sample packs are good for people that might not know or on the fence of spending money on something they don't know if they'll enjoy. So now you can just buy a sample, uh, sample kit and that'll be, uh, three servings. So you get one of each and a, and a shaker cup. Um, and then we have a huge partnership coming at the end of the month, um, that I'm just beyond proud to announce. I've been creatively working on a project with a team that I've kind of poured my heart and soul into. Um, and, uh, other than that, we have more partnerships. We're going to have some influencer flavors around the corner. We have, um, I think six to eight flavors profiled for this year. Hopefully we can come out with just to get variety. Uh, and then we're going to start to do some fun seasonal stuff. And then I think the biggest thing that we offer is creative. Uh, I'm, I'm very proud of our creative. Um, we, we make it a point to really try to stand out and say, hey, let's land these big creative partners to where we're pushing solid messaging. Um, but it looks good, right? I think a lot of brands kind of push their message, but sometimes they don't pay attention to how, how good or bad their creative may look. So we want to keep consistency across the board with creative. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of Fruity Pebbles. So, you know, that was one that <laughs> stuck out to me. It's like, okay, I like that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's actually my favorite flavor. Okay, awesome. So, you know, I really like to end each episode with my three questions. Um, so what's your favorite game to watch? Call of Duty by far. Um, of all time, Call of Duty 4 on the PC. Uh, that's, in fact, I was so inspired back in the day. I used to just get on there and watch uh, how players would do their movements or how they would do I, I think there's something to be said about the like look spots right at the beginning of a map where you can see how many people cross to a location to call certain things out big fan of that uh, i think it's not talked about enough actually in all games um but call of duty would be my favorite to watch and then i kind of like to dabble into games i don't know a lot about uh, i found myself watching some rocket league the other day um i don't really watch much of it um however it's, it's just fun anything where i can learn man just to, to kind of dive into just that learning process again get re-educated on a game um also warzone i'll never forget i thought i thought it was the coolest thing when they started announcing these battle royale games especially when it came to cod it was something that we used to talk about and think about all the time like imagine a free world where you could run around hunger game style and now it's here so i, I think battle royale is always fun to watch as well awesome so you know what's your favorite game to play call of duty <laughs> you, you okay, got a cod i guy guess i knew that yeah for sure so the last one so who's your favorite video game character you know mario luigi pikachu that's an awesome question, man. Um, I would probably say, uh, what about the guy from Metal Gear Solid, right? He was, a, he was one of my favorites. I don't even remember his name, but I, I remember growing up, I liked him just to watch. Uh, I used to watch uh, some of my friends play that game. But yeah, I, I would actually say if it was like a more, let's go Sonic the Hedgehog. Big Sonic the Hedgehog fan. I think he was a pretty cool cat and I used to love watching him spin around and whatever. So I'd say Sonic. Okay, awesome. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. 
So tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. All social media is just Skylar Johnson um, on everything. So pretty much, yeah. Check me out. Instagram, Twitter, all that type of stuff if you're interested. But um, yeah, thank you again. This, this has been a, this has been a fun. My pleasure. You know, thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J-E-S-Q and check Apple Podcast for all our past episodes. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.